It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This episode of the Creep Street Podcast is brought to you by Martini Coffee Roasters. You know, people always look at me weird when I say I start off every morning with a big old martini. But then I set them straight and I tell them I'm talking about Martini Coffee Roasters Coffee. A delicious coffee made by the Martini family. They roast their coffee using a traditional method of sight and sound to roast those little babies to perfection. And they also sell green coffee beans for those home roasters out there. And right now, fans of the Creep Street podcast can get 20% off their entire order by using the code CREEPSTREET at martinicoffee.com. Once again, for 20% off your order, use the code CREEPSTREET at martinicoffee.com. Martini Coffee Roasters, the perfect coffee to keep you creeps caffeinated. You've taken a wrong turn. Down Creep Street. Citizens of the Milky Way, my name is Dylan Hackworth. I'm Maureen Bogey. And you have landed right here in the capital of Creep Street, Creep Central. Of course, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Creep Street Podcast, Twitter at Creep Street Pod. On our Facebook, uh, we have a little forum where daily we like to interact with our listeners, uh, Mm -hmm. post stories, funny memes, things like that. It's called Citizens of the Milky Way, a Creep Street fan page. Find it on Facebook. Just click the Let Me In button. One of us will let you in. Everyone is welcome. Yes, please. And of course, if once a week is not enough, please head on over to patreon.com slash creepstreetpodcast where you can get your dirty Creep Street That's right. We have all sorts of bonus content on there. We have three different tiers starting at only two bucks a month. Oh, man. You can't beat that. What a value. What a value. In fact, we we actually have a new top tier Patreon subscriber. Cannot wait to give her a shout out. That's right. And a real quick birthday shout out to one of our subscribers. Uh, The Sinister Sam Kiker just had a birthday, so... Happy birthday, Sam. Yes, happy, happy birthday. Oh, man. I'll tell you, there's nothing like a trilogy. There isn't. I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, The Lord of the Rings. That's right. Uh, uh, the Star Star Wars, I mean, I guess it's a few trilogies now, but yeah, Star Wars. I think the Step Up franchise. The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, it, The Godfather. It's hard to beat a trilogy. I mean, good God. And that's, I think today is our first trilogy. Today is our first trilogy episode. We've done some sequels. Yes. So far. But today is the beginning of a new era, Creep Street, and gosh darn it if we aren't fucking pumped. Maureen, what are we talking about today? Folks, buckle the heck up. Because today, we are diving right in to Ritual Games 3. Ooh. 
Oh, I know there's a lot of happy folks out there. Ritual Games is often listed as some of people's favorite episodes. Yes, it is. And we are happy to return with some creepier and even scarier mm-hmm. Ritual Games. Now, if you have not listened to Ritual Games Part 1 and 2, fear not. You do not need to listen to those other two to listen to this one. But we, of course, recommend that you do because oh. it's... Once again, the trilogy, as we mentioned before. Good point. That's a good thing to point out. This is It's not like a single story that carries over. You can go back and listen to them later. They're not, you don't need to have heard one to understand the mm-hmm. others. Really in any order. It doesn't have to be in any sp- specific sequence. I mean, that's what we're all about here. We're all about just cuckoo crazy, living it up, letting you choose when you listen and where you listen and in what order you listen. Absolutely. You know? And for folks who might be new to the podcast, a ritual game, even if you haven't heard that term before, you've probably heard you know of what ritual it is. games. Uh, some of the famous ones we've covered in the past, Light as a Feather Stiffs Aboard, Bloody Mary, uh, these are very well-known ritual games. Yes. The idea is that you were doing some sort of ritual or practice in order to get some kind of outcome, whether that be answers from the other side or accessing another dimension or what have you. And let me tell you, we got a bunch of different kinds of ritual games today. I'm excited because today we just have a wide variety and I think that's fun. I think it's fun. And if any of you out there decide to do any of these ritual games. Yes, I was going to say that. Yes. Please reach out and let us know how it goes. Of course. And Maureen, I think we should probably give them our source for this week's episode. Dylan, yeah, I think that's a pretty good idea. This week, we have a book source that is fantastic. It is called Dangerous Games to Play in the Dark by Lucia Peters. And this book is fantastic. It was so helpful with to us in our research today, um, getting together all of these different ritual games. Oh, yes. And as we did with the previous two ritual games episode, when we actually come to the steps on how you play one of these games, we will literally read them verbatim from the source. Right. We want to make sure we get it right for you. We want to make sure you get the info correctly, because if you attempt one of these, in many cases, if you do one thing wrong, you're, you're fucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think we should just get to going and letting people know these different game options that maybe they can play if they're feeling a little rebellious, a little, if they're feeling brave. Yeah. Well, I'm going to kick this one off with a game called The Answer Man. Now, sometimes The Answer Man is known by a few other names, such as The Phantom of the Answer or Answer Phantom, but usually it's simply just known as the Answer Man. And the exact origins of this game are somewhat unknown, however, it's suspected that it came to being relatively recently as to play this ritual game, you have to have a cell phone. The closest we can really point to an origin would have been sometime in the early 2000s. Now, unlike many of the ritual games we've covered in the past, which require being performed by one person or a small group of people, you actually need 10 People. Oh, damn. Okay, so this is a, a group activity. Yes, you need to play the answer, man. You need 10 people. And the source really stresses that you should absolutely not attempt to play the game if you have any more or any less than 10 people. Oh, okay. In fact, it recommends not attempting to play this game at all. So here is how you play the answer, man. And like I said, 
I'm going to read these verbatim. Step one. First, you'll need to recruit nine players besides yourself. There should be exactly ten players total. Choose your playing space as well. There are no requirements for this space. It just needs to be a place that fits all your players and where you're not likely to be disturbed. Step two. Gather your supplies. You will need ten mobile phones, one for each player. Inexpensive, disposable phones are recommended as they will be destroyed at the conclusion of the game. The phones should be capable of making and receiving calls, but they do not need to be able to do anything else. Each player might also want to prepare a list of questions, anything they wish to have answered. Or, all ten players might collaborate on a single list of questions. The choice is yours. In both cases, any and all questions are fair game. Step 3. Gather all 10 players and their phones together in your playing space, form a circle, either sitting or standing, then have each player give their phone number to the person to their right. Step 4. Count to 3. On 3, have all players call the person on their left. At this point, one of two things may happen. All 10 players will either receive a busy signal or go to voicemail. Or, only nine players may receive a busy signal or go to voicemail. If the first outcome occurs, hang up, put your phones away, and disband for now. The game has failed. Try again another time. If, however, only nine participants fail to reach the player to their left, pay attention. The rest of the game is about to unfold. One player, and one player only, will have their call answered. Make sure that player has the list of questions ready. The answer man doesn't like to wait. Step 5. What proceeds next is a sort of give and take between the player whose call went through and the answer man. Ask him a question from the list and listen carefully to his answer. Commit the answer to memory if you can, although you may take notes if you wish. Just don't get distracted from the call. After you have received your answer, it is the answer man's turn to ask you a question. You must answer his question, and you must answer it as honestly and correctly as possible. Step 6. After you have answered the answer man's question, and if he determines your answer to be satisfactory, you may ask another question of him. This trade-off, a question for a question, an answer for an answer, may be repeated as many times as you wish, as long as the answer man finds your answers to his questions acceptable. Do not pass the phone to anyone else. Do not employ speakerphone. The answer man is particular about which calls he chooses to answer and whom he chooses to speak with. Step 7. When you have run out of questions, thank the answer man for his time and tell him it's time for you to go. This is where it gets tricky. The answer man you see will do his absolute best to keep you on the line. He may even offer you more information, information he claims he will give you for free without requiring you to answer a question in return. Do not believe him. Do not accept his offer. Do not agree to stay on the line. Don't hang up on him. Do, however, continue thanking him and telling him you have to go. Become a broken record. Say it over and over again. Thank you for your time, but I have to go now. Say nothing else. Keep repeating it until he says goodbye and hangs up. Step 8. As soon as the call has been terminated, gather all the phones used to play the game, whether their calls were successful or not, and destroy them. 
get rid of the remains as soon as possible. Very interesting. Very interesting. A lot of these games, or not a lot of these games, but I've noticed that some of these games use telephones. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because it does make sense because it's kind of at least getting your mind in the space of thinking about contacting someone else that you can't see or contacting someone else through some different form. Exactly. Yeah, very fascinating stuff. And it's so interesting. Strange that it requires 10 people. Yeah, that is weird that it that it needs to be 10. I wonder like why that is. Right. Now, here's some additional information that the source recommends. Because it's so important to keep track, it would be very smart to designate one of the players as the counter. Whoever you decide to be the counter, they will call out the countdown to when it is time to make the call. And these following suggestions were listed in red bullet points. When answering the man's questions, do not lie. Do not conveniently leave out anything from your response. Do not attempt to spin the truth. Do not answer incorrectly. And especially, do not do any of the above if you foolishly stay on the line and accept the answer man's offer for free information. Now, free, obviously, as we said, is written in quotation marks. The store stresses that whatever the information is, it will not be free. He will find a way to make it contingent on you answering a question. And this question will almost certainly be impossible to answer to his satisfaction. If at any time the answer man decides that one of your answers is not sufficient, you may begin to feel an odd physical sensation in some area of your body. Ooh. It might be a single joint of a single finger. It might be an entire limb. It might even be something even more drastic. And apparently you will know that this will be the price of your failure. And be watchful in the days, the months, and even years ahead, because he will come for his prize eventually, and there is nothing you can do to stop him. Finally, do not fail to destroy each and every phone used in playing the game, as this will leave the line of connection open. I'm assuming, does that mean he will come and take a limb? I don't know. Is that what that, is that, what that means? I don't know. It says it could be anything from just a joint in one of your fingers to an entire limb. I don't know if that's what that's implying. I don't know. That's interesting. That is very interesting. And you're supposed to destroy all of the phones? Yeah. So you should just get like burner burners, phones. Burners, right. It doesn't say it needs to be high tech. It just says as long as they can make outbound and inbound calls, like that's that's all it needs to do. Okay. So this is kind of an expensive game in terms of the cost of these games. Absolutely. But maybe worth it. Yeah. Who knows? There's nothing also that says that the information he gives you will be like life change. I mean, I don't know, maybe that's implied, Mm -hmm. but it just seems like the risks far outweigh the benefits of attempting this one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Dylan and I both, I think, are kind of on the the side of being a little afraid to play these ritual games. Right, exactly. So this one would be, for me, it's like, oh man, I don't know. It's like, I'm afraid to kind of do this in the first place. And then also I got to get a burner phone and then I got to deal with getting rid of the burner phone and blah, 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 blah. But maybe for some people out there, this is just the tits. All right, Maureen. Well, what uh, what do you have prepared for us? All right. The next ritual game we have is called The Picture Game. Ooh, that already sounds freaky. That's right. This game emerged on the internet during the early 2010s, but it could have been played well before then as well. This game claims to be a way to capture the image of a spirit 
on camera. Uh-oh, okay. But it is important to beware that you may capture the image of something inhuman. Now I will read verbatim the steps of how to play. Let's hear it. One, recruit a few friends to play with you. You'll need at least two players total, but more may participate. Select your playing space. Any dark, quiet room will do. Three, for supplies, you will need one small hand mirror per player, enough string, cord, twine, or rope to form a circle that is large enough for all the players to sit around, scissors or a knife, a camera with a flash, a drinking glass, and a beverage, preferably alcoholic and ideally wine. Sounds like my mom. Number four, wait until midnight. When the clock strikes 12, take your supplies and your players to the playing space. Prepare the room by drawing the curtains or blocking the windows. Then make the string or rope into a circle. Tie the ends together in a knot and place the rope circle in the center of the room. Place the drinking glass in the center of the rope circle and fill it with wine. Ensure that the camera's flash is turned on. Lastly, turn out the lights. Five, have all the players sit in a circle around the outside edge of the rope. Once they have been seated, each player must then place their hand mirror flat on the floor in front of them with the reflective side facing the ceiling. Keep the camera within easy reach, but do not place it inside the rope circle. Six, close your eyes, all of you. Keep them closed. Reach out and find the hands of those sitting next to you. You'll need to hold hands in an unbroken circle in order for this game to succeed. One by one, go around the circle and declare your trust in your fellow players. You may state your trust however you like, and it may be as elaborate or as simple as you see fit. The only requirement is that each of the players state their trust individually. You may not speak in unison. After this action has been completed, then and only then, may the players speak in unison. Together, say, the door has been opened. Please come in. Seven. Now open your eyes. Eight. Unlink your hands and begin passing the camera around the circle. Pick the camera up and say, I capture you. Point the camera towards the person sitting opposite you and snap one photograph. You will not be taking a picture of the person sitting opposite you. After you have snapped your photograph, pass the camera to the person sitting to your left. If you are using a digital camera, do not preview the photograph you just took. Repeat this process until the camera has been passed around the circle three times. After the final photograph has been taken, place the camera on the ground. Do not place the camera within the rope circle. Now, close your eyes and take hold of each other's hands once more. Together, repeat three times the phrase, it is time to go home now. Then unlink your hands and turn your mirrors upside down. The reflective side of every mirror should now be facing the floor. Have the players closest to the light switch turn the lights back on. Then take the scissors or knife and snip open the rope circle. Take the drinking glass outside and empty it over a patch of dirt or earth. 10. If necessary, develop your photographs. Then, in a well-lit room, review them. Look closely at each one, but be careful of what you might find. And here is some additional information. You may find it helpful to designate one player to be the guide. The guide may take the lead in preparing the playing space, operating the lights, beginning the declaration of trust, 
leading the welcoming, starting the passing of the camera, leading the farewell, and developing the photographs. If so, during step eight, a player begins to feel or behave oddly, do not permit them to take any photographs, skip them. The camera should instead be passed over to the person immediately to their left. If several players begin to feel or behave oddly, do not proceed. Put the camera down and immediately proceed to step nine. Do not develop the pictures. Do not look at the pictures. And please, please destroy the camera. So the goal is to get a picture of what we assume is a spirit or a ghost yes, or something. Right. But you're not actually allowed to look at it? You can once the photo has been developed and everything you can. This was saying if people start to feel oh, odd at the, the during to, it, then I see. do not develop the photos. But you can, if everything goes according to plan, you can develop the photos and search them and see see what you might find on there. Very fascinating. Yeah, because as I'm sure many people know, ghost photographs or taking photos of ghosts has been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And it originally was kind of a, it was a hoax, essentially. Right, exactly. But this seems to be a way possibly of actually getting something going and getting something in this photograph. I don't know. Very fascinating. Thank you, Maureen. Yes, of course. This one really scares me, honestly. There was a photo of me when I was younger at a summer camp where I felt like there was a hand that was on my shoulder that I didn't know whose it was. It didn't really make sense with anyone who was standing around me that their hand would be at that angle. And I still don't know what that was exactly. I actually just threw away the photo because it scared me so much. That's so freaky. Yeah, and I wonder what that really was. So this, this game this game scares me. This game freaks me out. All right, Maureen. Well, I got one for you. Okay. This next this one is called The Candles Game. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Oh, yes. Candles, candles, candles. Well, as we all know, candles have been vital to religious ceremonies, supernatural practices since candles existed, pretty much. It's believed, though, that The Candles Game was first born on the internet back in 2010, although many say it had been played well, well before that. The focus of this game is lighting candles and making sure they do not go out. Here is how you play the game. Okay. Step one, there is no need to select a playing field. The playing field is simply your home. Make sure you clear it of all other people and pets before you begin. Step two, then find a partner and gather your supplies. You will need one candle for every room and hallway in your home, matches or a lighter, and an alarm clock. The candles should be able to stand up on their own. Tea candles or jarred pillar candles are ideal. Do not use your phone as your alarm clock. Step three, during the daylight hours, prepare your home. Close all the curtains or otherwise block the windows, cover any mirrors or turn them around to face the wall. Turn off, unplug and remove the batteries from all electronic devices, no matter how big or small. Store any small or portable electronic devices safely out of sight. The one exception to the electronics rule is your alarm clock. Make sure it's on, make sure it's working, and make sure it's set to the correct time. Place one candle unlit at the end of each of your home's hallways. Then, keeping one additional candle for yourself, give the rest of the candles to your partner. Have your partner place one unlit candle in a hidden position on the floor of every room in your home except your own bedroom. 
Once all the candles have been hidden and every room has its own candle, your partner must leave your home and stay away until the sun has risen. Do not allow your partner to reveal any of the candles locations to you. This is important. Cheating won't be tolerated. Step four, take your final candle and place it unlit inside your bedroom directly in front of the door. You must place this candle yourself. Do not have your partner do it. Then move throughout your house, closing all the doors to all the rooms as you go. As the sun begins to set and the world begins to grow dark, return to your bedroom and close the door behind you. Make sure your matches or lighter are handy. Set your alarm clock for 11.10 p.m. Climb into bed and go to sleep. Step five, when your alarm goes off, wake up and confirm the time. Is it exactly 11.10 p.m.? If it is not, do not move. Stay in bed, lying on your back, facing the ceiling. Do not get up. Don't look around and whatever you do, do not fall asleep. Remain in this position until 6 a.m. However, if your alarm wakes you up at exactly 11.10 p.m., get up, grab your matches or lighter, and light the candle in front of the door of your room. Move fast. You have only 60 seconds to get that flame burning. If you fail to light your candle in time, get back into bed immediately, lie down, face the ceiling, and stay there until the sun has risen. If you light the candle in time, knock on the door three times, leaving several seconds of silence between each knock. Listen carefully after the third knock. If you hear anything from the other side of the door, get back into bed, face the ceiling, and stay there until the sun has risen. Again, do not fall asleep. If all that greets you after the third knock is silence, however, it's time to play. Open your bedroom door carefully. You don't want the lit candle to go out. And move the candle outside into the hallway. Keep your matches or lighter and alarm clock in hand. Exit the room and close the door behind you. There's no going back now. Step six, your goal is simple. Find and light all the candles in every room and hallway in your home. But just because the goal is simple doesn't mean the game is. They'll try to distract you, you see. As you make your way through your home, make sure to keep your gaze forward. If you see anything moving in your peripheral vision, do not turn to look at it. Also, if you hear any noises or whispers rising up out of the darkness, do not respond. Don't perform any actions other than those necessary to play and complete the game. And don't run. They'll find you if you run. When it comes to lighting the candles, the ones in the hallway shouldn't pose a problem. You placed all of them yourself, so you should know exactly where they are. Whenever you reach one, light it. The candles within the rooms, however, will be much more difficult to light. First, whenever you reach the door to a room, do not just enter it. Instead, knock on the door three times, the same way you did at the beginning of the game. Then, listen. Do you hear any noise in the room behind the door? No? Good. It's probably safe to enter. But before you open the door, perform one more check. Look at the crack between the door and the floor. Can you see any light flickering inside the room? No? Excellent. You may open the door and enter the room. Once you have opened the door to any room, you have exactly three minutes to find and light the candle hidden inside. After you light the candle, place it back on the ground, exit the room, and close the door behind you. Keep track of which rooms you've completed. Do not reopen the doors to any of these rooms. 
Step 7. If you manage to find and light every single candle in your home before sunup, return to your bedroom and knock on the door three times more. If you hear silence from the inside of the room after the third knock, open the door, enter the room, close the door behind you, and lie down in bed facing the ceiling. Do not look around. Do not fall asleep. Do not get out of bed and do not open the door until the sun has risen. Step 8. Once the sun is high in the sky, the game is complete. Did you light all the candles in time? If so, congratulations, you've won. There isn't really a prize per se, but maybe there is if you consider what the cost of losing is. You're still there after all, right? Well, there you go. Sounds like a lot of work for not a lot of reward. Yeah, a lot of work. And a lot of hard work, too, like laying in bed not without falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of work for, for no, and then just nothing but risk, really. Right. It goes without saying, obviously, when you're handling candles, it's a fire hazard. Oh, so yeah. be careful not to accidentally burn your place down when attempting to play this game. Now, let's say things don't go according to plan. What if you do hear something on the other side of the door when you knock after the third knock? What if you can't find a candle in a room within three minutes? What if you see a light through the crack of the door when you haven't lit the candle inside yet? Well, there are a few things you can do that the source lists, and once again, I will read these verbatim. If you hear a noise from inside a room after knocking on the door, do not open the door. Leave the room alone for now, but remind yourself to return later. You'll have to light the candle in there eventually. If you fail to light any of the hidden candles within the three minute time limit, close and lock the door to that room immediately and lie down on the floor wherever you are. Face the ceiling, do not fall asleep, stay in this position until the sun comes up. If you see light coming from behind a closed door to a room you haven't entered yet, do not open the door. You'll have to do more than just leave it alone to keep yourself safe though. You'll have to do more than lie down on the floor too. This time you'll have to leave your home. Go somewhere safe. Do not return until the sun has risen. If you reach a door and find it hanging open, do not enter the room. Leave your home. Do not come back until after sunup. If you fail to deploy these fail-safes when necessary, or to light the candles in time, or to abide by each and every rule, well, don't. Just don't. Once again, a lot of risk with no reward. Right. <laughs> right. There's no not reward. even like a thing you get out. You don't even get answers. You don't get anything. I out think it's it. just for the thrill of it, I guess. Okay. Well, keep that in mind. Yeah. Interesting. If you guys want to try this one, please let us know because, whew, that's a doozy. Maureen, what do you got for us next? Okay. For our next game, we have Lady Spades. Oh, boy. I find the scariest ones are when the person you're contacting, like, has a name. Whether yeah. it's Bloody Mary. What was the one we did before? Baby Blue or yeah, something? Yeah, there's Baby Blue. Yeah, they're freaky stuff. Freaky stuff. Charlie Charlie. Charlie Charlie. Uh, yeah, so what, is, what does Old Lady Spades have to offer? Well, this is a way to summon a spirit, and maybe she will grant you a wish. It's kind of like a version of Bloody Mary, but this game started being passed around in like the early 2010s. Okay, so this is more recent. More All right. recent. Now, the Queen of Spades is interesting because it has a few different meanings. But what is very interesting to me is in tarot, there is the Queen of Swords, which is equivalent to the Queen of Spades. And she represents fierce intelligence and a sternness in thought and judgment. 
but when she's reversed, she may be bitter and selfish and kind of unpredictable. Okay. So just keep that in mind. So All proceed right. with caution. Thank you. Uh, good to know. Now here are the instructions. One, choose your playing space. It should be quiet and dark, somewhere you're not likely to be disturbed. Two, gather your supplies. You will need a candle, matches or a lighter, a mirror, a writing tool capable of marking up a mirror, and a deck of playing cards, and a wish or desire. Lipstick is a good choice for a writing tool, although other options might work. Either way, your writing tool should ideally be red. The mirror can be a fixture in your playing space, such as a bathroom mirror. Pull the queen of spades out of the deck of cards. Discard the rest. 3. At midnight, bring your supplies to your playing space and turn off the lights. Place the candle in front of the mirror and light it. Then, take up your writing tool and write the words, Lady Spades, on the mirror. Alternatively, you may draw a picture of a set of stairs leading up to a doorway instead of writing words. 4. Pick up the Queen of Spades in your hand and hold her out in front of you. She should be facing the mirror, just like you. Then, close your eyes, relax your mind, and take a deep breath. Relax. Are you relaxed? Of course not. How could you be? But try to relax as much as possible. Keep your eyes closed. 5. When you feel ready, repeat the words, Lady Spade Appear, aloud seven times. If you hear a woman's voice, laughter, or footsteps either nearby or far away, do not panic. That's a good sign. It means it's working. 6. Open your eyes. Don't be alarmed by the woman in the mirror, standing there quietly with her arms at her sides. Look her in the eye directly in the eye. Maintain eye contact with her. Don't break it, whatever you do. 7. Quietly and calmly tell her your wish. Do not demand anything of her. Be polite. She has chosen to grant you an audience, which is no small thing. 8. If she smiles at you, nods her head, or says softly, yes, congratulations, you have been successful. Speak aloud the phrase, Lady Spades, disappear. Wipe the mirror clean, extinguish the candle, and turn the lights back on. As soon as you are able, immediately if possible, burn the Queen of Spades and dispose of the ashes. 9. Stay alert over the next few minutes, hours, days, or months. Your wish should come true. Don't fail to notice when it does. And now here's some additional information. If you do not hear voices, laughter, or footsteps in step five, or if you only see yourself in the mirror in step six, the ritual has failed. Speak the words, Lady Spades, disappear. Wipe the mirror clean, extinguish the candle, and turn on the lights. Burn the card and dispose of the ashes as soon as possible. You may try again another time using a different deck of cards. But take special note of the following. If, when you open your eyes in step six, you observe that the candle has been extinguished, if you find that the queen of spades is now facing you, that the card is missing entirely, or that the woman in the mirror has her hands pressed up against it from the other side, if you fail to maintain eye contact throughout step eight, or if she declines to grant your wish, all is not well. In the event that the candle has gone out, relight it as quickly as possible. If the queen of spades is facing you, rip the card in half. In both cases, speak the phrase, 
Lady Spades disappear. Wipe the mirror clean, extinguish the candle, and turn on the lights. Burn the candle and dispose of the ashes immediately. In the event that the card is missing, break the mirror, extinguish the candle, turn on the lights, and attempt to find the card somewhere in the room. If you find it, burn it and dispose of the ashes. If you don't, vacate the premise immediately and do not return. In the event that you observe the woman with her hands pressed up against the mirror, if you fail to maintain eye contact or she declines to grant your wish, break the mirror, extinguish the candle, and vacate the premises immediately. Burn the card and dispose of the ashes. Do not return to the playing space. Do not perform this ritual again. So kind of once again, a lot of risk kind of there. You might not be able to return to this playing space, but you could get a wish granted. Well, and they never say what happens if you return, which I've always been curious. Like what's right. the, you, you know what I mean? Exactly. I do wonder what, what that means, what the risk is there exactly. What, what would happen to you if you were to return? I and, don't know. Right. Now, Maureen, you might remember in some of our previous ritual games episodes we did one called uh, we covered one called hide and go seek alone yes well i've got one that kind of falls into that same vein okay this next ritual game is called musical chairs alone oh boy here we go well most everyone's probably heard of the game musical chairs while it might go by different names depending on where you're from and where you are it's a game that's played worldwide. But of course, as this is a ritual game, this version of Musical Chairs has a very spooky twist. Oh, yeah. As the title of the game suggests, you will be the only person playing the game. The only living person, that is. Oh, shoot. And it is of dire importance that you are able to get to that chair faster than your opponent. Here are the steps verbatim on how to play Musical Chairs alone. Step one, select a room for your playing space. The room must be quiet and dark. Ideally, it will also be completely empty. Step two, gather your supplies. You will need a chair, a match, a clock, or watch, and a device to play a song of your choosing. Step three, wait until shortly before midnight. Then, set up your play space. Draw the curtains or block the windows, making sure no light bleeds into the room from the outside. Set up your music and playback device. Place the chair in the middle of the room and turn the lights off. Step three, make sure you're holding the match, but don't light it yet. Keep an eye on your clock. When it strikes midnight, turn the music on and begin playing musical chairs. You know how to play, right? You just walk around the chair in time with the music, listening closely to whether or not it's still playing. Simple, but not that simple. Keep track of how many circuits you complete as you walk around the chair. You'll need to circle it six times. Step four, after you've completed the sixth circle, listen carefully. If the music keeps playing, you've invited something into the room, but it does not wish to play with you. Turn off the music, Turn on the lights and try again another time. If the music stops and you sit in the chair as quickly as possible and light the match, congratulations, you've won. If, however, the match fails to light when you strike it, you did not sit down fast enough. Your opponent has beaten you. Leave the room immediately. Do not look back, do not look at the chair, and do not return until after the sun has risen. 
be very careful in this room from now on. If the chair falls over on its own, leave the room immediately. Do not look back and do not look at the chair. Do not return to the room again, ever. First of all, Whoa. I guess to play this room, you gotta at least have a room you don't fucking care about. Exactly. This is the same one as same thing as with Lady Spades. Like, what do you mean? So now, like, so if I fail, like, then I can't. And even if it, you win, get this. So apparently, in some sources, it actually recommends using a specific piece of music, which is "Tiptoe Through the Tulips," which was written back in 1929 by Al Dubin and Joe Burke for the musical comedy "Gold Diggers of Broadway." But in fact, it was famously covered by musician Tiny Tim, and his version is used in the film Insidious. Oh. Tiptoe through the tulip. That, that song. That, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so creepy. Regardless of the outcome of the game, the source recommends performing a purification ritual and to do so on a regular basis. Even if you win, it doesn't guarantee your opponent will leave. So once again, what's the point of playing? You don't get anything if you win. Yeah, but I think some people just like the risk. They like the adrenaline rush. I guess so. There's got to be a little something in it for daddy at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. But I think some people are wild or uh, out there wilding. Clearly. And I think that's, that's, what, that's what this is for, who this is for. Maureen, close us out. What's... What do you have for our final ritual game? Well, for our final ritual game, I've got a doozy. I've got an interesting one, a big one. One that you would never catch me trying. Oh boy, okay. Our final game for today is Closet to Another World. One of the most horrifying things we've ever talked about was that elevator game. Yes, this reminds me of that. Okay, oh man, this is freaky. So freaky. If you want it, the elevator game is just this, oh, ooh, so scary. So this game is very interesting as well. This game seems to have been invented in the mid-2010s, but it could have been earlier than that. And as the title of the game will let you know, it's a closet to another world, but apparently there isn't a proven way to come back from another world. So only do this if you're committed to stay in this other world world. Wow. So this is a doozy. This is a... This is a commitment. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. Now, this is a Japanese game, and in Japan, there are two different types of closets. One is called a Kurozeto, and one is called a Oshiri. And I believe I'm pronouncing those incorrectly, probably, but um, I gave it a shot. You did it? You did? You gave it a shot? I gave it a shot. My apologies for my mispronunciation. So a Kurosetto is the kind of closet that comes to mind for most Westerners when we hear the word closet. It's like a storage space with a door. You can hang clothes in there. It's got some shelves, things like that. And then an Oshiri is a Japanese style closet, which has a sliding door and it has two large shelves. And my source even says it's big enough to hold a folded up futon. So this closet to another world, it's intended to be formed in an Oshiri, but a Kurozeto, which is the more Western style version of a closet, will work as well. And I think it's time that we just hear the rules. Let's do it. One, gather your supplies. You will need a scrap of paper, a brush pen, felt tip pen, or marker, two identical drinking glasses, water, ideally in a small pitcher, 
a cardboard box large enough for you to sit inside of comfortably, and a closet big enough for you and all of your supplies to fit inside. A calculator or additional scrap paper and a pencil are optional, but if you're not comfortable with performing mathematical calculations in your head, they're highly recommended. Do not break, damage, or lose either of the drinking glasses at any point during the game. Two. You may begin the game at any time, although nighttime is best. Bring your supplies to the room in which the closet is located. Then turn off all the lights and either draw the curtains or block off the windows. Make sure that when the closet is closed, absolutely no light is visible inside the closet from the room outside. 3. Take your age and square it. You may perform this calculation by whatever means you like. If you have chosen to include a calculator or scrap paper and pencil in your collection of supplies, now would be the time to use them. Memorize the resulting number. Do not forget it, and do not substitute a different number. 4. Write your name on the piece of paper. Then, fill one of the drinking glasses approximately one-seventh full of water. Open the closet and position the cardboard box inside. Then, enter the closet bringing both glasses, one holding water, one empty, and the piece of paper with your name on it with you. Close the closet door behind you, making sure that no light is visible from inside the closet. Block the cracks between the door, floor, walls, and ceiling with something if you must. Do whatever it takes to create total darkness. Five, while holding the glasses and piece of paper with your name written on it, step inside the cardboard box and sit down. Then. Take the paper and drop it into the glass filled with water. Close your eyes and recall your number, the one you got by squaring your age. You do remember it, right? 6. Begin counting up to that number, slowly and steadily, following the rhythm of your own heartbeat. You may keep your finger on your pulse while you count if necessary. 7. When you reach your number, open your eyes and pour the contents of the glass holding the water and paper into the empty glass. 8. Stand up. Step out of the cardboard box and close the closet door. Look around. Whose world do you see? Is it your own or is it someone else's? Congratulations, you've arrived. And here's some additional information. This game should not be attempted unless you have no intention of returning home. It is not known whether there is a way to make the return trip. Some have theorized that it may be accomplished by reversing the steps followed during the initial journey. That is, by re-entering the closet, pouring the water from the second glass into the first, closing your eyes, counting backwards from your calculated number back down to one, and exiting the closet once more. Note, though, that whether this procedure works or not remains unproven. May you be happy here in this strange new world. After all, you will be here for a while. So here's what I'm curious about. Will it immediately be recognizable as you are in a new world? Right. Or is it like a different timeline? Like you're That's in a, what a I want to know, Different too. like dimension. Like it still might look and feel like this world, but it's a different... You know what I mean? That's or is it I'm, like clearly like a fucking like... You're in a completely different world. Right. Yeah. I think that it's more so like you're in another dimension or another timeline was my guess. Cause it's like when you first step out of your closet, maybe it's not obvious to you that you are in another timeline or in another dimension or in another time and space. But as time goes on, you might notice that things are different. That's how I took it. Right. Because in the elevator game, it was more so like, this is a different place. Yes. True. That is true. Because remember, there's that woman who came onto the elevator. Yes, that and would like rude. yell at you. Yeah, that's so freaky. 
Yeah, this is strange. So this is more like a practice in my mind of like hopping timelines or dimensions. Yeah, which is cool, but it's so scary that there isn't like a way to get back. Like the elevator game, there was a way to get back. It was difficult and you could fuck up, but there was a way to get back. Whereas this one, it's like, you gotta just be okay with with, with switching it up. Being there. Wow, fascinating. Maureen, thank you for all of that research. Dylan, thank you. Oh my gosh, let me tell you, I'm gonna quit playing games right now and read to you the names of our top tier Patreon subscribers. Please do, please, you know I need it. Because we have a new one today. Of course, the dream James Watkins, the finished face via Alunkfus, the madman Marcus Hall, the vivacious Vicky McHugh, the tenacious Teresa Hackworth, the heartbreak kid Chris Hackworth, the oh-so-suave Sean Richardson, the British bone breaker Bex Martin, the notorious Nicholas Barker, the terrifying Taylor Lashment, the Count of Cool Cameron Corliss, the Archduke of Attitude Adam Archer, the sinister Sam Kiker, the Nightmare of New Zealand Noeline Favilli, the loathsome Johnny Love, the carnivorous Kevin Bogey, the killer stud Carl Staub, the fire starter Heather Carter, the conqueror Christopher Damien Damaris, the awfully awesome Annie, the murderous Maggie Leach, the sir of sexy Sam Hackworth, the evil Elizabeth Riley, and the newcomer, Lauren Hellfire Hernandez Lopez. Thank you all so much to our top tier Patreon donors. Welcome, Lauren. We are so happy to have you with yes. us. We are honored to have you. And thank you so much to all of our Patreon subscribers. And if you want to be like them, feel free to head on over to patreon.com slash creepstreetpodcast for all sorts of bonus content. Once again, like, rate, subscribe, leave a review, all of that good stuff. You have no idea how much it helps us out. It really does. Citizens of the Milky Way, my name is Dylan Hackworth. I'm Maureen Bogey. Good night and goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.